Welcome to the Kinship Care Liverpool podcast. My name's David. As always, thank you through another week of the best, worst and in-betweens of being a kinship carer, kinship kid, and again, everything in between. And this is episode two of what I've dubbed the kinship journey. Um, this is going to be a, a look at the kinship journey from from getting the kinship kid and everything else in between. Um, I started off last week. I uh, won't go through everything else, but at this point, uh, by this point, we, we, we actually have the, the child it's, it's it's been placed with you um so if you haven't listened to that episode you may have to go back to it because you may be a little confused of where we are with this uh, so i'm thinking that this will either be the end of it depending on, on how much i need to talk about uh, but there are always bits and pieces here and there that needs to be added and obviously there are other things that need to be there so <clears throat> So as always, you, you want to get in touch with us, easiest way through our, our uh, social media, through the Instagram, t- Twitter, Facebook, on our pages, on the website, uh, and also through um, any of the subscription uh, services that you use for the podcast. Uh, you can like, subscribe, share, comment, um, as say, give us, give us five stars. It just makes things a lot easier for us when we're trying to, to get through on the ranks there. Um, so the um, obviously at this point, we have the child. And it sounds really strange saying that we have the child. Uh, so we, we the child has been placed with you and it's about what happens next. And basically what happens next really depends on what is actually the purpose of that child being with you. Now, I said previously that a lot of times they do talk about reunif- reunif- reunification where that is possible. And a lot of times that is the case. You are just you you are looking after the child. A lot of the times, a lot of the the, uh, I know Liverpool City Council does this. You are given like an allowance called a special, um, I, I say fresh, it's a, a a payment allowance. Um, while you are no, why while you are not a special guardian, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can apply for, and that's the one thing I was going to say is um, is when you are not a special guardian, you are technically classed as a foster fostering person. Now, the good thing about this is the fact that there are certain things that you can get that are probably not going to be available to other people. So, for example, you you have your council tax paid for. Uh, you are entitled to a thing called, I think it's called Foster Talk. I'm sure it's called Foster Talk. And they were a great place uh, to speak to if you had any problems with any legal issues. Uh, they gave you like legal advice, help. Um, I think they gave you discounts on certain things as well. But they also helped push up, sort of push you in the right direction for any any other help that you could have um now obviously once you've got the the, the child uh, a lot of the times it is about what the next steps are now one of the main steps of course is contact and i did a, an episode re- recently about what contact means i don't really want to go over all that again but the fact of the matter is until um until that, that parent or birth parent whatever it would be has lost all or most of their parental rights um due to this, like an sgo a special guardianship order they're entitled to contact with the child uh, now generally there will be a fa- a, fr- um, a, f- a, f- um, a family um sorry yeah, a family conference they will they'll try and organize and it's possibly for me the family conference is either the best or the most pointless thing that has ever been considered because what will generally happen with a family conference is what should happen is that you would send out invitations to all your friends or your family all the people who will be important to this this child's life so aunties uncles grandparents 
um, family, friends, potentially neighbours, people who you know and can like look at to, to help. And you will invite them to this meeting. It will be so one, two hours. There'll be an adjudicator there, like a little uh, person who will um, organise it. Um, generally, it'll be like in a, like a in a like a central like safe space, uh, for a, um, like a school or a um, community centre, something like that. And you will be basically given sort of a few hours to sort of bash out what people can do to help, whether it's to do with contact, whether it's to do with the child, whether it's to do with anything in general. You know, it, it's about sort of these people to sort of put the, the 10 pence in and say, this is what I can provide. This is what I can do. If you need help with contact, I'll do that. If you need help with getting them to school on a Monday or Tuesday, whatever it is, that, that's when they will do that. The other thing is that it's that point when they will start um, asking for things. Uh, so there may be grandparents who would like to see that grandchild or parents or or aunties, uncles, other siblings. They may want to see this child and they may want to ask for what they can what they can get, basically. Um, the reason why I say it's sometimes one of the most pointless things is because it's a, a lot of times it is a lot of bluff and blunder where, where people will go into this meeting and they will say, I will help with contact. I will help with school runs. I will do the, 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 um, the breakfast clubs. I will pick them up after school. I, I will, I will, I will. And then once that conference has ended, because it's not a legally binding thing, it's simply just almost like a an, an un, like unofficial, informal thing, which I think is probably the biggest issue with it, is that is that they have no reason to... Like, if you came back to them a week later and said, well, actually, I do need your help next week with the school run, and they say, no, can't do that. And then when you say, well, actually, in that meeting that we did two weeks ago, you said... They'll say, well, I, I didn't sign anything. I didn't, I'm not, a, you know, it, there's no legal precedence for this at all. It's not like in contact when it's approved by a judge or anything like that, uh, when you get through to the, like the SGO side of things. The family conference is essentially a way of finding out who will actually step up. Um, I've heard stories about people who will hold family conferences. They'll invite 30, 40, 50 people and six people will show up. And of those six people, maybe two are actually going to be useful um and that's and i hate to say the word useful and what i'm talking about you know people who you know you can depend on um whereas others will say they'll still they'll talk it up they'll say that they'll help and they won't uh, so so i'm not going to dispute the um the, the well-wishing and the good intentions that a family conference has um you know, it, it, it'd be great if, if there was some sort of legal element to it where you had to sign it, it had to be notarized and you were now obligated and obliged to do these things, then that would be great. But it isn't. It is essentially, um, it's the equivalent of, you know, doing a bake sale and everyone saying they're going to bring something and then six people saying they will and two people saying that they can't come because of an accident and some people saying they can't come because of this so it's it it's it, it has its it has its place obviously but just i i don't generally see you know if it works it's great if it doesn't i'm never surprised when it doesn't work um so once this family conference is done uh, you usually will find out who it is that you can help who who can help you uh, and what the general um what the general idea is you know, how are you going to 
how are you going to do this? How are you going to get in touch with people? Um, and how are they going to help you? Um, now, alongside this, obviously, there is, there is the potential that there will be other issues going on. So, for example, if there is to do with neglect and abuse and everything like that, there may be court, court and criminal proceedings going on. Now, obviously, if there is, and I don't want to say that this is a good thing, but it, it is a good thing in some sense because it does mean that there are more people looking at what's going on. It means that when you are trying to struggle with, um, with other family members uh, who don't understand what's going on, once they realise that they are in court and they are being charged with X, Y, and Z, um, then they can, you know, yeah, you're guilty, you're innocent until proven guilty, obviously, but this is what they've done, this is what the, you know, and obviously once, they, once they've been convicted, whatever it would be, it is on record. Um, once that's all been done, uh, then it will depend on what the next steps are, especially in regards to you as a family. Um, there are a lot of uh, things that you can go on to do. Um, you can't stay as it is. So you just be friends and family fostering. It will continue for until they're 18. Um, they generally will always push you towards a, a special guardianship order. Now, I, I, I've said this in previous episodes about you know, the differences between them all. And you know, there are so many different kinship arrangements, you know, you, whether it's just a case of you know, it's an informal thing, they just stay in there. Um, there's there's times when it's a case of um, you've you've adopted them. Um, obviously, that once you do things like that, obviously, if you adopt the child, you have full parental rights. That's that's set in stones, done, dusted. Um, if you um, if you if you do other things, you know, let's say one of the main ones is special guardianship order. Now, the special guardianship order generally means that you hold fifty one percent of the legal rights of the child now you don't have them all there are certain things that you can't do such as you can't obviously uh, unless the parent is uh, in full agreement to this you can't take them out of the country for more than three months i think it is it's similar to if you've got a partner and you, you like you're divorced or whatever it is uh, so you can't take them out of the country to live for more than three months uh, not not that people would uh, but it also restricts you things like you can't change their name if you were wanting to do that, especially if they're younger. Um, you can't really you can't impose your religion on them. You can't um, you can't you can obviously you know, poke them in the right direction. You can obviously if if you think you're being part of the church or being part of whatever religion it is will help you and them and everyone else. You know, I'm sure everyone else would be involved with that, but you can't specifically say, well, I'm going to now make this person, this particular religion. Um, it, it, unfortunately, they, the, the parent can, can decline that. Uh, but one of the good things about having that SGO in place is the fact that you do have a lot more rights. So, for example, you have rights to get the child immunized. So, for example, uh, you previously to that, uh, when you're on friends and family and everything else, Anytime you need to take that child to a doctor's, even if it's just because they bumped their head or they need to go to the dentist or they need to go, um, you know, whatever it would be, you have to inform the parent. Now, whether you're on good terms with them or not, or whether they're in jail or not, or whether anything is going on, you, you have to make them aware of that. And they can say, well, I don't want that happening. So in regards to things like... Um, like uh, I say, immunizations and things. If you are someone who is deeply against those things, 
you you can say that you can say well i, I don't want my child to have these things you know, if you are if you are if you are completely pro immunizations but the parent isn't they can say well i don't want them having it and you know unless there's some sort of agreement somewhere they have the final say and that can't happen um so it's it, it you do get a lot more power uh, not all of it uh, and obviously they still hold parental uh, response you know, not i think that it's it's the thing of parental rights and parental responsibility it's the case of with an with an SGO you now have parental rights but you don't have par sorry parental responsibility and some parental rights whereas when it's friends and family fostering you don't have either uh, you can you can literally do only what the courts or the authorities have told you to do, which is essentially to look after the child. Um, now there are other things that you can do. Um, I'd say there are other options, like I say, adopting. Uh, you can just become informal. Now the only thing with the informal side of things is that if there is no um, reasonings for it, that ch that parent can at any point turn up at the door with the police and say i want my child back and we have seen this before where there is informal and it doesn't matter if the child says well i don't want to go um obviously that's it's at that point that the social work and things like that have to be put in place but if if they turn up at the door and say you know this is my child i want to take her home you can't stop them uh you can ask for you, know, you can ask the police to get the authorities involved and social workers and your know, child you know, you know, child line and whoever it would be but you have no legal right to keep that child there uh, even if they're saying i don't want to go which sometimes they do sometimes they don't um so that's that's the hard thing with that however when you've got things like an sgo in place if they are placed with you and you are now their legal guardian you you can say well he's not you know, he she isn't going anywhere um you know until they're 18 or until they're able to make their mind up for themselves um which you know sometimes they can't um so it's it does give you a lot more power and i don't want to use that word that seems like a really bad word to use but you do have a lot more authority probably is a better word um and responsibilities with that um so it's it, it's hard uh obviously the the issue side of things that is another court order that's another lot of paperwork that needs filled and then uh, most of the time it's done by social worker itself very little is done by yourself other than to read over over documents um and make sure things are, are right and put in the right place uh you you have to put your sort of 10 pence involved like whether you think that they should get such an amount of contact or not um but at the end of the day it is in the, the, the hands of the judge if the judge says you know if they only get two two contacts a year that's what they get if they if they say they can have as much contact as they want uh, that's that's essentially what what's uh they, they very rarely they would say that but um but that's that's something that can happen um so the um so there there are obviously things that can happen at that point once you've got things like an SGO in place essentially you, they, that child will be with you until they're 18 or until they are responsible enough to want to go and branch out on their own uh but they will be your responsibility until they're 18 which is a, is a, is a, is, a, is handy um now obviously once you have things like an issue in place uh, it is important to remember that at that point you're no longer a foster you're no longer considered fostering so things like the council tax is no longer paid for uh, things like the foster talk uh, you won't have access to unless you subscribe and pay for it uh, which is it's free when you're fostering so um, i'm not saying oh that's the time when you really should get everything at that point but 
it it is it is the time when you should really um you know once you when you're in that stage of fostering you know try and try and get as much uh positive parts of that as you can so if you if you can speak to foster talk if you can you know, go through all the things that you know you're gonna have to go through uh find out what you're entitled to at this point and next you know, are you entitled to school dinners are you entitled to your know, child benefit um once once that child is SGO and under your control and under your care, you're entitled to child benefit. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't get told that. And especially because if you if it's already a family with two, three, four children, and this is another one being brought in, uh, they immediately will throw that out, thinking, "Well, you've actually you've you've hit your threshold of children for child benefit." But a lot of the times, because of the things involved, you know, actually. You, know, you are entitled to it and it's, you know, there's there's no reason for it to not receive it um so that's it's at that point when you would consider yourself uh, well you consider yourself at any point to be a kinship carer and this to be a kinship kid um my biggest recommendation once you hear that word kinship it doesn't matter when it is at whatever point it is whichever, whichever authority whichever location you're living in google it Go to go to Facebook. Just type in kinship groups in your area, and you'll probably find one. There's there's multiple. I mean, I was really surprised at our last meeting just how many charities and you know, organisations and things like that. You know, in um, you know, in Liverpool alone. You know, if you live in Sefton, there's one. If you live in uh, Liverpool itself, obviously there's ours. I don't know if there's one in the Wirral. Um, I don't I don't think there's one in Knowsley either. But yeah, you know, a lot of them do access the same things. And at the end of the day, especially in regards to ourselves, we are a font of of knowledge. Yeah, you know, we we've you know, here at Kinship Care Liverpool, we've been doing it for twenty years. A lot of the organisations around the UK have been doing it for ten plus years. Um, so we know all the problems that have come up. Now, obviously, things happen and things change, and people are entitled to things, then they're not. Um, but we will always try and point you in the right direction. Um, so. My my kind of first step and last step of being a kinship carer is to get involved with a kinship group, uh, mainly because one, you know, our, our slogan has been, it always has been that you're not alone. Um, and sometimes when you are a kinship carer, um, you do feel alone because you can't research it because, as I say, there's nothing there specifically for kinship there's no programs around it there's no if you go on to if you go on to youtube even there's very few kinship specific um documentaries or things that have been done they're always about the fostering side of things and this like a little sprinkling element of it uh, most books that you'll read about ch children or fostering it's always a oh by the way there's also this thing you know even in you know i've said this many many times many 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 times about how it would be so great if the kinship um could be more branded if we could you know I've, i i don't know why we don't do it and I, whenever i ask this like they kind of brush it off with you know it's, it's, some authorities do different things um i don't understand why all the charities don't just combine together and be under one big umbrella and we could all share off each other's um uh, resources and everything else um i don't know if that's just again it might just be a cultural thing it might be a, an area thing it might be a funding thing it might be whatever it would be it would make more sense to be able to do that um and uh, obviously we'll um we you know 
uh, that, that's the first thing I the first and the last thing I'd always say is that you know you know if if you know someone who's, who's thinking about being a kinship carer you know to, to point them in the direction of of our website it's quite got quite a lot of information on there's got a lot of links and a lot of you know things about this point them towards this podcast even you know I was I, I was stunned when when this was announced when when we me and um me and Pauline, who's the uh, the project coordinator, uh, when we were sort of kind of spitballing things, and I kind of commented that there isn't a kinship podcast, and it wasn't just supposed to be for us; it's supposed to be for everyone. Uh, but there isn't one. There isn't. A, you know, I can go onto any podcast alley, whether it's on um, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on but your know, Buzzsprout, wherever it would be, and I can type in any word. And I will find a podcast for it. I could put Winnie the Pooh in there, and there will be a podcast. I can, you know, I I listen to podcasts that are specifically about one game, one computer. You know, there's a game I love called Days Gone. It has its own podcast. You know, and it, I think there's two or three of them actually. Um, you know, there there are people out there who do podcasts over everything, and yet something this vital and so important. This the this the first one is specific for it, and I I do hope that when people listen, they do do take a lot of it away, and do share it to other people. Um, you know, it's nice when I listen when I speak to um, the other kinship groups and things like that when they say, you know, we listen, we 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 don't listen to them all, which is fine. You know, it is meant to be like a cherry pick thing, but you know, they listen to the podcast. They all they they'll they'll think, well, you know, I've got this person who wants to know more about contact. I'll put that episode on. You know, and that's that's a great way of doing things, and that's kind of how I wanted it to be. Um, as I've said, you know, many times I've probably said it on this episode. I always forget. Uh, I'm sort of record recording this in the last one, sort of uh, simultaneously, just splitting them up. But um, you know, I I would love to write a book about it, and maybe going back into the archives and maybe just taking what I've said and just transcribing it down might actually be something that people would want they maybe want to read it rather than listen to it uh the reason why we do the um the youtube one is a lot of people have said that they prefer to watch it now obviously i can i can i can scan all these onto a you know, you know a, a youtube thing uh and if people want to want to want that then I, i'm happy to do that um uh, but you know it's it, it's it, it, it's whatever whatever makes it easier for you so so that generally is the kinship journey. Now it doesn't end there. Um, I'm not going to go into another episode on this, but the, the kinship journey doesn't end. You know, I I know kinship carers who they haven't had a kinship kid for 10, 15 years, but they still consider themselves kinship carers. They still come and they still help out and everything else, and it's great. You know, we get that information, we get that help. You know, it's it's always great to hear what people say when they say, you know, back in my day, they'll say, you know, but you know. This wasn't available to me. They, you know, I've heard people say about how, you know, they wish that these organisations and things like that were were there for them, but unfortunately, it's not. And you know, we we do try and you know, get the funding, get the, the the recognition. You know, you know, we've just had the, obviously the kinship charter. We're trying to get that out as much as possible, just because it's such a brilliant thing. It's such a great momentous thing that's happened. You know, it's. Um, you know, it's it's really sad in some ways when you when you hear um, people talk about like change can't happen. It's got to happen over yeah can't happen overnight, and we don't expect it to happen overnight. But just having those little moments of change when you hear um, just going off on a tangent, you hear the stories recently about the uh, the gun uh, the gun massacres in the schools in America, and you hear them saying, "Well, we want to just ban automatic weapons." 
and every single person in the world in that in that country and not every single person apart from like 10 50 of the people in america are saying that makes perfect sense and yet they won't do that and it's such a small change that it, you know there's no reason for how you know i don't want to go off on a rant on that because it's it's just such a like a, a a push point with most people but uh there's you know, there's no reason why a small change can't have such a massive difference uh just you know to just ban automatic weapons that's it you can have your handguns you can have your rifles you can have your shotguns all of these weapons you know, we, i don't particularly think you should have them but you know first um second amendment and all that but there's no reason for you to have a, a, a gun that can shoot 50 bullets yeah, there is no reason. If, if if you are at a point where you need a gun that shoots that much, then we're already in the end times, and maybe we all need them at that point. Uh, you know, this isn't the Last of Us. Um, it's it's not. Um, it's not the Walking Dead. You know, we we um we're, we're not going to be walking out and having to defend ourselves against you know, vast wards of armies of zombies and things. So. Um, but change can happen, and that's that's what we're hoping. And I'm saying, Fortune Manera Wilson's uh, bill was was um, was delayed, and hopefully we can get that. And again, little steps. That, that's all it takes. Every great journey starts with one step, and hopefully this can be our big step into that. And hopefully this can be carried on across the UK. So as always, if you want to get in touch with me, easiest ways on uh, Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, through the Facebook page, through the um, through the website. Obviously, my email's on there. If you have any questions, comments, if you have any stories that you want to tell, if you're sitting there thinking, well, actually, I'd love to go, I'd love to, you know, even if it's just a case you don't like being interviewed and you just you just want to send me like a voice file of, um, you know, just, just do a recording of your, of your story. I'll happily incorporate it. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to hear all everyone's story. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's it's sad in some ways when you hear what's happened, but it's nice when you hear the positives that come out of it. You know the families and everything else. Uh, so please do get in touch. Uh, please like, subscribe, share everywhere. Um, and as always, thank you much for listening. My name's David, and you listen to the Kinship Care Liverpool podcast. <laughs>